So today, the title of my message is Signs. Yeah, no, that's a lot of signs, isn't it? A lot of road signs. <laughs> well, you know, I took a, a road trip this week to Arizona, rode my motorcycle down uh, and back to Tombstone, Arizona, 1,100 miles. Great ride, a lot of fun. It was hot, it rained, we didn't care. It was really cool riding in the rain because it was really hot. You got me. They, they made me buy a cowboy hat. Yeah, they, they're like, hey, you got to buy, you have to buy a hat. So I'm looking and it's like $120, $140. I'm like, I'm not spending that kind of money on a hat. So we went into, we, we went to the OK Corral and they had one for 20 bucks. Like, That's my hat. <laughs> but like I said, it was hot, it rained. But it was a really great ride. Now, this is the first time I ever rode with a group of guys. And there wasn't that many of us riding. We had three guys riding and a guy in a truck following. But, you know, one of the things that they stressed to me is, Ron, there's signs that you need to pay, pay attention to. I'm like, all right, what are these signs? And, and he says, well, when I put my hand up like this and I go like this, that means close up, get tighter. You know, because sometimes I drift off. I'd be praying in the spirit. I'm looking at the scenery and I'm... I'm just cruising along, you know, and, and they're doing 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, come on, catch up, catch up, you know. So I go and I catch up, you know, and then, then you got your left signal. Now, now the lead guy, his, uh, his turn signals were about this big. I couldn't see him. I mean, it didn't matter how close that little turn signal wasn't enough. But then the next guy, because I was always number three, the next guy had a bright one and, and I had a bright one. So the first guy turned his blinker on, second guy turned his blinker on, and then I turned my blinker on. Then the truck would turn his blinker on. The truck would move over. When he moved over, I'd move over. Then that guy would move over and that guy would move over. I mean, there's a system to this whole thing. And I'm like, I had to pay attention to the signs, you know, because, you know, this was like the popos coming. <laughs> you know, because, you know, they got them phones and, they, and it tells you when there's a speed trap, you know? And so they start pounding on their head and I'm like, okay, you know, slow down. You know, cause sometimes we were doing, you know, 80, 85, 90 miles an hour, you know, and it, it's, it gets pretty fast sometimes. I was like, whoa, you know, so this turn signals and then, um, you know, then they put their hand down to slow down and, and then close up and, and then they, they would kick out their leg. And I'm like, what's that? There's an obstacle in the road. There's a tire or something there, you know, um, the, the blinkers, brake lights, you know, but I, I felt like I had to just pay attention to all the signs. So I, I didn't um, mess up. But the one sign they didn't give me is I'm running out of gas. I mean, they had six gallon tanks. I have a three and a half gallon tank. I'm like, I'm running out of gas. I'm on reserve. You know, I'm like pointing, yes, please. You know, so that was fun. Well, like I said, it was, a, it was my first ride with a group of guys and I didn't want to mess it up. Sometimes though, like I said, my attention went other places. Man, some of the scenery between here and Tombstone is incredible. Man, it is so beautiful out there in that desert. It's awesome. And I, I'd be praying, I'd be praying for you and God put people in my heart and I'd just start praying because I don't have any music. I'm just riding and it was just... Uh, a great time. But the signs that we used is what made it safe. You know, I felt very safe when I, when I turned my blinker on 
and that truck would move over first, then I knew I could just glide over in right behind, in front of him and it's all good. It just kept us safe. But what I wanna share with you today is that as the body of Christ, we need to pay attention to the signs that are all around us because there are biblical signs that are meant to keep us safe and keep us from getting off track so that we don't get lost, amen? I mean, Jesus says it so many times, don't get deceived. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but there are signs that I wanna talk about, first of all, to encourage us to pray, to encourage us to pray. And that's in 2 Chronicles chapter seven, and I'm gonna pray and then we'll get into the going. Father, I pray today that you open up our eyes to see the signs of what's happening in our world today, that we would even see the signs of your coming, Father, that Lord, that we not get distracted by the things of this world, but Father, we would pay attention to who you are and what you're doing in the earth. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 17, 13 to 14. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people, everybody say my people, that's you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven will forgive their sin and heal their land. So he, he lists three things in here. No rain, locust, and pestilence. Now, if you look around right now, we have two of those things going on very strong in the world today. Do you know that Lake Mead is dropping eight inches a day? Our major water source. It's at the point where it they had to lower electricity, it produces by 30%. We're just weeks away from that thing um, not having enough water to function. We're in a drought. I know we don't like to talk about such things, but let me tell you, that's a sign right here. He said, you know, when I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, I mean, there is a drought in our land and pestilence. You know, I, I know nobody likes to talk about COVID or whatever, but listen, we've got people out today because they have COVID. We have five kids of our orphans in the hospital in Uganda because of COVID. Pastor Emil's church today is not meeting today because of COVID. They have so many people out with COVID. It's just something that's going on in our land that we, we need to see. It's a pestilence that is here. It is here and we, we have it going on, pestilence and drought, they're happening. And, and this to me should be a sign to pray. Not to get freaked out, not to worry, but to what? To pray, to get down on our knees and pray, to begin to cry out to God and begin to just exalt him and begin to pray about what's going on in our land that God would intervene, amen? Just like I had to pay attention on the road. I, pay, I paid attention for the sake of the team that I was with. We need to be paying attention for the sake of the church of what's going on, amen? We need to be able to come together and humble ourselves and pray like never before. This church should be full on prayer times. Oh, you don't believe me yet, okay. Let me start over, I'll go back. Come on, guys, wake up. We need to seek his face. 
It's got to become so prevalent in us that it starts to rain, amen? It's got to be so strong in us that it really, really rains in California, amen? We've got to seek his face and then and pray. And then, listen, not to seek our face, seek his face and pray, but we need to turn from our wicked ways. We need, there needs to be a turn. Listen, the only reason why I'm saying it like this today, we need to turn because obviously something's not working. Something's not happening to get God to incline his ear towards us, to bring the rain, to heal the sick of this COVID-19. God, God wants to, I know he does, but he's waiting for us. He says, turn from your wicked ways. There's got to be a turning. You say, well, I'm not wicked. Well, pray for everybody that is. Because you, if you look around in California, there's a lot of junk going on. A lot of evil going on. I know, you know, this week they passed the um, Roe versus Wade reversal. You know, but here in California, you think it's going to happen in California? Not a chance. Not a chance. It's not going to happen here. The governor's already putting things in place so that it can't happen here. He's already signing legislation and stuff. You know, I think more intense prayer is what is needed. When it didn't rain, when the Lord shut up the heavens for three and a half years, and he told Elijah, hey, you go tell Ahab, I'm going to let it rain again. And when it rained, it rained. And I believe, but when Elijah went to pray, he went up on the hill. And he prayed and he sent a servant up to the top. He said, tell me what you see. He said, I see nothing. And he came back and they prayed again and the servant went up. He went up seven times. And finally, when the servant went up on the seventh time, he, he says, hey, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's it, let's go. And he took off running. And, and then the rain came and it poured rain. Listen, we gotta press past just the one-time prayer. We gotta, we gotta pray. We've got to develop an intensity in our heart that says, Lord, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to repent of sins. I'm going to repent of sins I'm not even doing, but I'm going to repent for them because they're happening all around us in our state. I'm going to stand in the gap for this state, for our country. I'm going to believe God for great things. Amen. I believe in God for the rain. I believe. And I believe that we've got to get more intense in our prayer life, that we've got to really stand on our knees before the Lord. And it's got to become something that is more active with more humility. And I say with more humility because we got to let God know we can't do this. We can't make it rain. We can't make, uh, I don't care how many times you get vaccinated. Some, some guy put on there, I got my fifth vaccine. You know, <laughs> you stupid. I don't care if you got vaccine, you know, take vitamins, take care of yourself. Amen. Take vitamins, take your vitamin D, your C, your, your zinc, all that junk, take that stuff. But there are signs going on around us that should cause us to really desire to pray. And there is power in corporate prayer. Can I hear an amen? When we all come together, when we all pray, begin to pray, there is something that'll happen. Amen. God will hear us when we're repenting and we're repenting together. We prayed for rain a couple of weeks ago and, and we spent so much time repenting of sins. Not things that we're doing, but just the sins of our, our state. 
You know, forget the abortion. What about the pornography? What about all the other junk that's going on in our state that's pushed? You know, so much pornography comes out of the valley here in California that we need to repent for that. We need to shut it down. You know what we need to do? Stop looking at it. They say in the church, 60% of the men look at pornography. They say in the church, 76% of all abortions are done by people with a church affiliation. 76. So if the church would stop looking at porn, if the church would stop having abortions, a lot of this stuff would go away. We need to pray. We need to cry out to God. We need to pray attention to the signs that God is giving us and, and seek his face. What other signs are there? Look at, turn over to Matthew chapter 24. Verse three, we'll start at. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. See, there he goes. Take heed, no one deceives you. Don't let anybody deceive you. If you're not going to get deceived, you got to have the word in you. You got to get the word in you so strong that you can't be deceived because you know the word. You're like, uh, I, I, you don't want to be guessing. You don't want to be like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, you need to know. You need to get into the word and read it. Amen. Even if you just do a daily Bible reading every day, get the word of God in you so that you can't be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended. Many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There it is again. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures, everybody say endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now that's a lot of signs to pay attention to. I mean, when I'm having to look for breakers, brake lights, hand signs, pull, you know, it just, it gets crazy. It got all my attention because I didn't want to mess up. The word of God should be getting our attention right now. Can I hear an amen? The word of God should be stirring our hearts to say, wow, we need to be paying attention to what God has said to us. You know, it means you have to have discernment. Everybody say discernment. Because you need to discern the truth. You know, because people will come and they'll twist the word of God and, and you can't allow that. If I ever start twisting the word of God, just kick me out. Thank you, Delonda. <laughs> Delonda's like, you can get it out of here. It just means you have to have the word of God in you. 
so that you know the truth. You got to know the truth. I, I've been reading the Bible through for 12 years, 12 years in a row now. Now I miss a day or two on the daily Bible reading, but every time I read it, I get something new. Every time I read it, it's like, Delana and I were t going through it one day. She's like, when did that get put in there? <laughs> I'm like, I, I think it's always been there, honey. And we've read it. We just didn't, uh, didn't catch that one before, but you need to know the truth in this though. The disciples want to know when are things going to wrap up? When are they going to wrap up? What do you think? That was a question. <laughs> when do you think? Pretty soon. That's pretty safe. <laughs> when are these things going to happen? When is this world going to wrap up? They wanted to know what would be the signs of Jesus coming. They want to know what would be the end of the, the sign of the age. There are signs that are happening. And he gave us a list of these things. And if we just pay attention to these things of what's happening, we won't get deceived. Amen. We won't get deceived. And he knows that there's a major deception in the last days that are going to cause many people to fall away from God. There's going to be a great apostasy that happens where people will fall away from God. And I think it's already started. You know, I think it's already going on. If you just look at the signs, just, you know, it's somewhere further down in my message, but hey, let's talk about it right now. What about, you know, the Mormonism? What about Jehovah Witness? What about Muslims, Islam? These are all deceptions. These are not of God. This is all a deception to get people to go away from God. They're cults. I taught a cult class in, um, in college. And as I was going through this, I noticed that in the 1800s, a lot of cults started in America. Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, I mean, just Scientology stuff. A lot of cults happened, started happening. So I called our local university vanguard and I asked for the, the history professor. I said, what happened in the 1800s? And he says, what do you mean? I said, what happened that all these cults started in the 1800s? He's like, I don't know. I said, well, you should know this. I mean, I need answers. Why, why is this going on? Why did all that start? Why was that fall, falling away from absolutes begin to happen? That people stopped trusting in the word of God and the truth and started fading away and going and following after these other religions. Why? And he's like, I can't answer you. So man, I just kept digging and digging and digging. And, and, he's, and so I, I found one article that said, it's when the liberalism of Europe came to America because liberalism takes away absolutes. And as that happened, then the people felt that freedom to stop believing in the, these absolutes to begin to make their own. I had a friend that said, uh, this lady, she had, a, she had a friend that started a cult. She's like, why'd you do that? And he said, for money. He said, I make a lot of money through this thing. You know, I started this, this cult and, and it was just like a joke to him because I'm getting money. That's why I'm gonna do it. That's why I'm doing it. And, and God is, is trying to get our attention. 
to tell us, hey, listen, there are signs to warn you against such things. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about Ukraine. Don't worry about China and Taiwan. Don't worry about that. You know, because wars don't signify the end yet. It's just something that we got to deal with. Um, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines. Anybody heard any famines lately? Did you hear about all the cows that died in Kansas these last couple of weeks? I mean, you know, they say so many thousand, then somebody, somebody said that it was uh, Bill Gates that did it to cut the food supply. I'm like, oh, come on. Who knows? But there's a lot going on in our world and we need to pay attention to it, not just glide through. Because I believe, church, I believe that we're gonna see some troubles. I know we don't like to hear that, but I believe it's coming. You know, they, they passed the Roe, overturned the Roe versus Wade. You don't think that's gonna get some backlash? It already is. There's stuff going to happen. There's stuff happening. There's famines. There's pestilences. Earthquakes in various places. You know where there was an earthquake in the world in the last week? Afghanistan. And they want help. They had over 1,000 people die. They had 1,500 people injured. And, you know, after all they've been doing, they want... They want people to send their resources to them. I think we should have grace and do it. You may not like the Afghanis, but what a better witness to reach out and touch them, amen, for Jesus. Let's, let's do all we can. And you know, if you look back through history, there's always been earthquakes. There's always been wars, but some things are picking up pace. You know, there's more earthquakes, there's more wars. And I don't know if we know about it more now because of the internet, but it just seems like there's been an increase in things and it's happening. And I, and I see that some things are becoming more strategic. I, I believe that, you know, California's not hit with a drought without, without a reason. As I said, there needs to be repentance. I believe that, you know, um, Afghanistan wasn't hit without a reason with an earthquake. All they've been doing to the people over there. You know, God is being more strategic about things. But he says, listen, he says, this is just the beginning of sorrows. This is just the beginning of things going to go bad. People will be delivered into tribulation. How many of you like tribulation? <laughs> to get there. When it, when you get people outside the USA, when you get outside the USA, there's a lot of tribulation. People have been deceived, are putting God's people through tribulation. The Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Corn, Gordon Con, Conwell Theological Seminary says that an estimated 100,000 Christians are martyred every year. 100,000. But it's not here in America. So it's like, you know, when there's famine in Somalia, you know, you know, they put up the pictures and try and get you to give and everything. But it, when, it, when it's not real to you till it comes home here. You know, when 9-11 when happened, that Sunday after that, this church was packed 
on the floor in the balcony for a couple of services. It was so packed. So many people came to Jesus that day, Jake, because they're like, oh my gosh, it's come home to us. And then after you know, a couple of months, when people started feeling that safety again, they started relaxing on their church going and pretty soon they stopped coming. But people are being martyred all the time for Jesus. And that's a big sign of how things are going. Should we pay attention to it or should we just let it go and, and act like it's not happening? You know, what do we, how do we handle it? How do we, as a body of Christ, you know, begin to rise up and say, hey, you know, there's a lot going on in our world. What can we do about it? What can we do? What can we say? How can we pray? How can we go? Man, I see all these meetings going on in Pakistan, man. They're having some big meetings. Makes me want to go again. You know, because God's moving in Pakistan. It's dangerous there. You know, they'll, they'll kill you. You know, it's, it's death by hanging to proselytize a Muslim there. Death by hanging. Would that shut you up or would that make you do more? In China, when the Cultural Revolution happened, there was 40,000 Christians in China at that time. 40,000. Now they say 25,000 people come to Jesus a day in China. They don't care what you do to them. They don't care. I got a text from my Chinese son this morning. It's rough, Dad. They're watching everything. The government's after them. That pastor said they will kill you. They will hate you. Many will be offended by you. Many will betray one another. There'll be many false prophets. And there are. And these people like Joseph Smith and Muhammad and uh, Charles Russell, uh, you know, that started Jehovah Witness, they've deceived many. They're false prophets. And there's going to be a bunch of deception, it says. All you have to do is pay attention to politics in our land and you'll see the deception. It's happening. It's going on right now. Lawlessness will abound. Now, I mean, you can just go back a couple of, you know, these last few years since COVID started, the lawlessness that has been happening, the way they overtook Portland and they, they didn't do anything about it. There's other cities, they overtook them and they didn't do anything about it. Nothing was done. I praise God that during that time of rioting and everything, three cars pulled up in front of our church here and they got out and they were gonna throw bricks in the window. And it was that night, man, I thought, maybe I better just sit on my balcony all night out here in front, you know? Maybe I should just sit there. But I went home and, and these three carloads got out and they had rocks and bricks. And they were gonna smash in the windows. And there was a homeless couple out there and, and they told me that one guy said, well, this is a church, man, I can't do a church. And they got, he got back in the car and everybody followed him. They got back in their cars and they drove away and they didn't throw it in. They went down to the CVS and trashed that place. See, but nothing's done about it. Nothing, nothing happened to the people that were doing these things. 
lawlessness will abound. And we're starting to see that. And then it says love will grow cold. It's getting cold out there. I mean, to try to push stuff where you can murder a baby at 30 days old, that's insane. That's insanity. And that's what they're pushing. That is a lack of love right there. They're trying to push that in this state right now so that they can do that. So how do we pay attention to these signs as we see them happening? Endure. Everybody say endure. That's pretty weak. Endure. Fight through what's going on around us, amen? Don't give in to it just because everybody else does. You don't have to accept it. Just because they say, oh, you need to be tolerant. You don't have to accept it. You, don't, you can't be mean because you're full of the love of God, right? You got to be full of the love of God, but you don't have to accept what's going on in our society. You don't have to tolerate it. You can, you can even speak out against it. You can call it sin. Then they'll really hate you. Isn't that why they, they hated Jesus? He called, he called it black, black, white, white. He, he called it out. He spoke the truth. But endure means to suffer. Suffer patiently. I looked it up in the Greek. It means to bear trials, to have fortitude, persevere, abide, endure. Patient, patiently suffer, tarry behind. That's what it means to endure. And God is calling us to endure. Not give up, to endure. Not to give in, but to endure. Amen. To make a stand against it. Matthew eleven twelve says this. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, Charles Spurgeon, a preacher from the 1800s, he wrote this. Frequently complaints are made and surprise expressed by individuals who have never found a blessing rest upon anything they have attempted to do in the service of God. One man said, I've been a Sunday school teacher for years and I've never seen any of my girls or boys converted. No, and the reason most likely is you've never been violent about it. You have never been compelled by the divine spirit to make up your mind that converted they shall be. And no stone shall be left unturned until they are converted. You have never been brought by the spirit to such a passion that you have said, I cannot live unless God bless me. I cannot exist unless I see these children saved. Then falling on your knees in agony or prayer and putting forth Afterwards, your trust with the same intensity towards heaven. You would never be disappointed for the violent taken by force. And that's where we need to be as a body of Christ. We need to start taking things by force. We need to start crying out to God. We need to start praying, amen. In our enduring, let's get violent. And you know what I mean about violence. I'm not talking about guns and clubs. I'm talking about get violent on your knees. Cry out to God. Begin to pray. Seek his face. Amen. That it has to rain. It has to rain. Because there's a turning in the people of God. He says, if my people. That's us. 
We're the problem right now. We have to turn. There has to be a turn. Our intensity should rise up in prayer and evangelism. Telling people about Jesus. When's the end going to come? When everybody's heard. When everybody's heard. Then the end's going to come. Preach the gospel of the kingdom, amen. Preach Jesus. Get lit up because the signs are letting us know that we can't sit back and relax and stay the way we've been. We've got to get lit up for the kingdom of God to go forward and do what he's called us to do. Tell somebody. Pray. Let your heart be stirred up. Let the signs of the times cause you to have endurance, to pray with violence and sharing the word of God with people. It's time, church. Man, it's way past time. The clock is ticking and it's getting close to midnight and we need to rise up, amen? We need to rise up. Don't settle with just sharing Jesus. Ask God for results. Pray with an intensity that you see results in your sharing, that your enduring will not be in vain. Amen. That when you share the love of God with somebody, they respond to Jesus. They commit their lives to Christ. Amen. It's time to let the Holy Spirit flow through you and for God to do the miraculous in you and through you. Can I hear an amen? Let let God arise and our enemies be scattered. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody here today? You say, I need to give my life to Jesus. If you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, just wave at me right now. Let me know right now. See, that's, that's a sad affair. That's a sad affair that nobody needs Jesus. You're not doing your job. You got to go get people that need Jesus. Amen. It's not my job to go and get them and get them saved. It's your job to get them and I'll get them saved. Amen. You bring them in and we'll bring them to the altar. But you got to go and get them. The sign of the time says it's short. Who do you know that's not going to make it if Jesus came today? I just want to get on my knees and pray. If you want to join me, that'd be great. Father, here we are before you, Lord. You call us your sons and your daughters because we believe. And I pray today, God, that our belief would grow so much more than just coming to church. God, our belief would grow into to power. Our belief would grow into an intensity, God, an intensity of prayer, God, that you would burn in our hearts, Lord, in our minds, that we would be, Lord, we'd pay attention to the signs, the signs that are out there, God. Lord, you, you poured into me this revelation this week to pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. God, help us. God, help us. Help us to see, God, what's going on. Father God, that we'd stop seeing people die, God. I've done too many funerals lately, God. Lord, I pray for the salvation of souls, God, that it would burn in our hearts, God, 
to see people saved, to come to know you, Lord. I pray, Father. that it would burn in us, God. It would burn in us to seek your face. We humble ourselves before you, Father. I pray that, Lord, that we can see the signs of the times of what's happening. And Father, I think we would all agree that the time is short. So I pray, Lord, for the revelation for every person here today. Lord, on how to share their story with people. How to, how to win them, God. How to bring them to the cross of Jesus. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that every day you remind us of the signs of the times that every day you'd put that fire in us to love people into the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you break all condemnation off of every one of us, that we not be condemning people, God, but Lord, we'd be about saving people, sharing the love of God, allowing you, Father, to pour out righteousness through us to touch people, God. Lord, that our hearts would burn with this. It burn with prayer. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We can give him a clap. It's all right. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. As you go today, and now somebody's going to come and do announcements, but when you leave today, don't forget. Don't forget what we've talked about. Delanda, you got something? It's on. Just Is it on? Oh, good. You know, the Lord gave me... Um, a vision today when I was praying and I saw this um, actually I could show you I saw this water bottle you know the kind where you suck the, on the straw and and you know you were out in the sun and, and, and you're hot and you're dry and you're thirsty and you grab your water bottle and have you ever had that sound where you got to the end and the straw is bubbling and it's making a horrible sound because there's no more, you know, there's drips in there. There's nothing left. And I was like, Lord, what is this? And he's like, my people are running dry. It's hot. It's thirsty. And we're getting dry. And I felt this tenacity rise up. You know, that's like... That tenacity that grabs hold of you when things get tough, when things get hard, 
then you suck on that straw a little stronger. You get every drop you can from the Lord. You don't give up. You don't go sit in this, the shade someplace. You suck on that straw a little, little tighter. And you get some tenacity. I'm going to get every drop I can. You get that tenacity going. And you fight. You don't let the enemy have any ground. You don't let him have any ground. You take your spot. Because the Lord told me, I, I was like, oh, I didn't even know. I mean, he told me over a year ago to go up in the balcony and pray. So I've been coming, you know, before service. And I've been faithful to go up there and pray. But the last few months, I was like, you know, my knees are hurting. And that's a, that's a long trek up there on that stairwell. And I'm like, oh, you know, I can pray down here. I don't have to go up there. And the Lord told me, he goes, you assume your spot. Don't you let him take you off your spot. And you know what? I went up there today and my knees are just fine. But you know what? I want to ask you a question. And I say it with as much love and grace as you know I have for you. Do you have a spot? Do you have a spot? Where's your spot? And has the enemy taken you off of it? Do you have a place where he can say, get in there, girl. Get in there, boy. Don't you let him kick you off your spot. Do you know what your spot is? I know where my spot is right now. Besides next to my honey, I'm up in that balcony. Or I'm assuming the position with my arms around somebody. That's my spot. Amen. And he said to give the word generously, regardless of how I feel being behind the mic. Find your spot and then get some tenacity. And you suck on that dry straw that's a little bit harder. And you get every drop you can because you're going to need it. Amen. Amen. Jake's going to come give you the announcements, but just one last thing. We have corporate prayer at 6.30 on Friday. 6.30. There's room for you.